I have said so much throughout these weeks as I've emphasized very, very important things that every believer needs to know. But I want us to read this text again until I finish out with this series. I'll keep reading these two verses. Hebrews 6 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary, the word elementary there is basic. The word elementary there is primary. That one said basic. That one said primary. Good. So the word elementary there is basics, primary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. That was a perfection. God wants each one to get to the place of perfection. But I've emphasized that perfection here means maturity. Perfection here is not, not making mistakes. It, it means maturity. So we can read it this way. Let us go on to maturity. So God requires that we mature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. We looked at that. Repentance from dead works. A dead work is what people do religiously that does not produce the life. Of God and does not produce biblical results. You don't go to heaven by doing good. You only go to heaven by giving your life to Jesus. You don't have to get to heaven to find out. If you qualified. You don't also have to get to hell to discover that wow. You go to heaven or hell because you've made a choice here on earth to follow Jesus and put your faith in what Jesus has done on Calvary. We don't go to heaven by accident. If you will go to heaven, even as you sit here today, you know. But if you won't go to heaven as you sit here today, you know. So if there is a big question mark in your heart now as I speak. It means you're not going to heaven. We have to get rid of that question mark. We have to get rid of that hesitation. Because that same thing that causes you to hesitate and question is the same thing that will take you to hell. But my Bible says if a man is in Christ, he is a new creature. God wants to make you a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. So you see, we've got to believe. Whosoever believeth, believeth in who? Believeth in him. Not believe in your good works. Not believe in your church. As much as you have to do that so. Not if your church is a great church. Not, not believe in your own ability. But whosoever believeth in him. The ticket to heaven is Jesus. For he that knew no sin. Was made the sin sacrifice. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Can someone shout praise God. We looked at repentance from dead works, all the things that people do. I told the story of how I used to bind the devil every time I prayed. 
I bound the devil, I bound the devil every, literally every day. I knelt down to pray. First thing I did was to bind the devil. Because I believe that there are spirits in the atmosphere that would hinder my prayers from getting to God. And they would also hinder the angel from bringing the answer down to me. And one day I knelt down about over 20 years ago to pray. And as I was about to bind the devil, I heard the still small voice of the Holy Ghost. Asked me this question. You bound him yesterday, who loosed him? And that day I got free. I'm not against binding. The Bible says to bind the devil. But when do you bind the devil? When do you bind the devil? Well, I don't want to get into all the details. You can go to our website, riveristanbul.com. Go listen to the series. The title of this series is Growing Up Spiritually. And I talked about that. There are times to bind the devil. But let me also mention this to you. If you haven't bound yourself to the word of God... If you haven't bound yourself to God's will for your life, don't even bother to bind the devil because you can't. If your flesh is running loose, don't bother to bind the devil because in actual fact, you don't even need the devil. You're doing a better job than the devil would do. How many of you know there are people that are the devil of their own lives? You don't have to bind the devil when you're doing a good job of wrecking Wreaking havoc in your life and ruining your own life. You have to literally stand in front of a mirror and see who the devil truly is. Some of you will get that next week. <laughs> the Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. The first requirement is to submit to God. You can't resist the devil if you haven't submitted to God. I heard the story of a young man who gave testimony in one of the churches. How God has killed his mother. Come on, listen to me. I'm talking to some, some Africans here. How God has killed his mother who was the witch that was hindering his progress. And I felt like vomiting when I heard that. Because I knew him so well. He was living in the same house, shacking up in the same house with his girlfriend he wasn't married to. Do you need a witch to stop you when you are committing fornication? No, you don't. Your fornication or your adultery is the problem. Preaching good now, say amen, don't shout me down. People open themselves up to all kinds of demons and they blame their mother. Can I tell you something? When you live a life that glorifies God, the Bible says, and the wicked one will not touch you. It's easy to blame people for your misfortune. Blame people for your stagnation. Blame people for how... It's easy to blame the devil. You have to look at yourself. A lot of times the, 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 the answer to your problem is near you. How dare you say your mother did? 
when you were leaving with your girlfriend. A young man came here a number of years ago and asked me, Pastor God, I want to bring my Turkish girlfriend. I want her to get saved. I looked at him in the face. I said, she'll never get saved. Why? Yeah, she'll never get saved because you come to church and you go back and you jump into bed with her. You are supposed to be the light. The only example that is in front of her is a bad example. Don't think you bring her here and I will get her saved. But you leave with, with her from here and you jump into bed and you expect her to serve God. You are a bad example. You know what? He stopped coming to this church. But I told the truth. And I would not bother. If you don't like the truth, don't come here. But if you like to hear the truth, my Bible says the truth shall set you free. My God, I thought someone would give the Lord a big hand of praise on that one. And our faith toward God. I want to say faith toward God. Our faith is toward God. Our faith is not toward a man. And I'm telling you, in this time and season, you have to step up in faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some people don't spend time in the word. They don't come to church. They don't listen. And that's why their faith is... <coughs> you've, got, you've got to build your faith up in the word. You've got to exercise your faith. In little things first. And then you're going to see how your faith will grow. And begin to deal with big stuff. Come on now say amen. amen. But the Bible says. Faith. Is, must be in two places. In your heart. And in your mouth. Come on say amen. amen. You've got to have faith in your heart. And you've got to have faith in your mouth. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. I just need to spend five minutes with you and I'll find out what is inside you. Because when you speak, I can tell. Faith toward God. The doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment. These are all matters of which you should have been aware of long, long ago. In other words, the writer of the book of Hebrews, many Bible scholars believe that Paul the Apostle was the writer of the book of Hebrews. But many believe that we don't know who the writer is. In actual fact, if you study the book of Hebrews, you don't know who the writer is. But I believe Paul did. But that's my, that's my own belief. I don't want to impose that on anybody. But notice, it's talking about growing up spiritually. Getting to the place of perfection. The word is maturity. How many people here believe that it is required that your kids mature? Only one person believed. Two. Awesome. Three. <laughs> you know, when questions like that are asked, you need to respond. That's why it's a question. So you don't believe that your kids should mature? You believe your kids, 
You believe your kids at 14 should be sucking on a pacifier? Do you believe, you believe your kids at the age of 20 should be drooling in their mouth? You believe your kids at the age of, of... No, listen. Your kids need to grow. It gets to the day where you stop feeding them milk. Hey, baby, no. Don't, don't come here. Mothers say amen. amen. No, mothers know. The day gets, you get, you get to the day, no. No. Can you imagine, my wife and I were watching Wildlife a couple of weeks ago. Was it a week ago? And uh, this, I think it was a, a cheetah or a leopard. The cub was about six, three months old, four months old. Came close to the mom and tried to suck on the mom. The mom kicked him away. <laughs> no. Done. From now on, you will eat meat. Even, even animals know this. Because it, they have the instinct built in them by God who made them. So you don't want your kids at five still sucking. That, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that will be terrible. You don't want your kids at 10 still sucking on their thumb. You know, you, you, you will be embarrassed because you've probably done a bad job of raising that child up. You haven't trained them well. You haven't given them responsibility, which is the major key to increase, to growth. The major key to maturity and growth is responsibility. Everyone say responsibility. Anyone that does not take on responsibility will never increase. Will never grow. Unfortunately, people think, well, I want more. But you've got to be careful when you ask God to give you more. Because asking for more requires responsibility. If you want more in your life, even as we speak of this season of expansion, you have to get your mind ready. Because when more comes, you have to be able to take care of it. You cannot expect more if you can't take care of it. You say, Lord, give me more money. My question to you is, what will you do with it? Lord, give me a big house. The one you're living in, how is it? Oh, come on, talk to me now. Talk to me. Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a wife. You are not even sane. You are not even okay. Come on, say, God help me. God, give me a child. And then God gives you a child. The problem is this. When God gives people stuff, they begin to complain about the thing. Ah, this child, you will not kill me. No, God, you ask for, you ask for the child. Why are you talking like that now? God, give me a big house. And he gives you a big house, but it's filthy. You can't even take care of it. But my Bible tells me, what does the Bible say? He that is faithful with what? Little will be made what? A ruler over much. So in the kingdom of God, the way to increase is responsibility. Responsibility. I'm talking about growing up now. So as we require that our children 
grow up, take responsibility. God, our Father, also requires that His children grow up and take responsibility. I'm speaking as a pastor now. I see some of you, you come into church at 12. The service starts at 11. You can't even come to worship your God. If I have to say that, we have to say that. We feel guilty and repent. Thank you. She said, preach it. I'm preaching it. You walk into church anytime you want. And you want God to bless you. You come to church once in a blue moon. And you want God to bless. How can God trust you? How can God believe in you? Oh, it's too hard. I walk the whole week. I'm so tired. I can't wake up on Sunday morning early. So for that reason, I came late. Oh, but when you went to work, you woke up early. When you walk for the world, you woke up early. You woke up at five, you got dressed, and six, you were out of your home. But when it comes to worshiping your God, you can't wake up early. You have an excuse not to come early because your body is tired. Some of you were born tired. You were, you've always been tired. That's why some of you look the way you look. You've always been tired. Listen, serve the Lord in the days of your youth. Serve the Lord in the days of your youth. I became, I became a born-again believer at the age of 14. I was about to turn 15. And I can tell you, I have been a consistent churchgoer. You can't touch that. You can't touch that. You can't touch that. Consistently. 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 I've been a consistent churchgoer. Because I'm a lover of God. David said, the zeal of your house. Has consumed me. Some people don't have zeal. They have zeal for stuff. They don't have zeal for God. I pray today that God will birth a new zeal in your heart. Amen. I pray that God will consume you with his zeal. Amen. That everything about God will be burning in your heart like fire. Amen. Coming at 12. Coming at 1. Where is your worship? Where is your praise? Where is your thanksgiving to the one who kept you on Monday to Saturday? Where is it? I challenge you today. Change. And see how God will bless you with more. Because God is watching. God is looking and God is taking record. The Bible talks about the record book will be opened. And I'm telling you the day is coming... When your record book is going to be open. For those of you that are faithful. You've been doing it. You, you haven't given up. Even in the midst of trouble. In the midst of hardship. You say I don't care what happens. I'm going to serve God. My life is about God. It's not about what he does for me. Or what he gives to me. Or what he doesn't do. I serve God. Because he deserves my praise. Amen. Watch. It's going to open up to you this season. Oh my God. I thought someone would say better amen to that. I said it's going, it's going to open up to you this season. God will separate you from the looky-loose and from the lukewarm and from the cold and, and, from the, and from the indifferent. Some people are indifferent about the things of God. Say preach it. 
Thank you. The least attended meeting anywhere in the world in the church is prayer. But it is the most talked about subject, but the least attended. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the most, listen, somebody gets born again today, what do we say to them? Pray. Spend time with God in prayer. But you know the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting in any, any church in the world. Actually most, 98, 99% probably of the churches of the world, the least attended service, the least attended meeting is prayer meeting. But prayer is what is talked about the most. If people can come together in a corporate anointing to pray and pace the floor, I doubt the prayer at home. Oh. I'll give you five keys to spiritual growth. Key number one, write this down. Spending time with God daily. Key number one, spending time with God daily. That's what is called prayer. That's key number one to growing up spiritually. Spending time with God daily. Each one must cultivate a relationship with God on a daily basis. Notice I did not say spending time with God weekly. I said spending time with God daily. I'm telling you, you wake up in the morning, you spend quality time in the presence of God. If you have to go to work at 7, then wake up at 4. And watch how the strength of God will carry you the whole day. You, you study the life of billionaires and multi-millionaires. You discover that some, most of them sleep only four hours. Only four hours. Five hours. They wake up as early as 5 a.m. The richest man in Africa, Aliko Dangote, wakes up every day 5 a.m. At 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And he goes out to run and exercise. He comes back and dresses up and go to work. No, these things are not talked about in church. We just shout, receive it, I receive. Take it, I take. <laughs> there is work to be done. There is discipline that we must apply in our lives. Come on now, say amen. amen. Go study. I was, I was listening. I mean, you, you start, I like to study things. Study multimillionaires. Study their lives. They sleep less. Work hard. And these people, many of them don't even know God. Your number one key to success is relationship with God. Make sure that fire never goes out. Let it burn every day. Spend time with God in prayer. Each of you need to do it. Wake up in the morning and God is the heartbeat of your heart. That's number one. Number two, spending time with his word. That's what we call daily devotional. Spending time with. Notice I did not say in. I said with. The word of God is the voice of God. When you open the Bible, 
It is God speaking to you. People say, God, speak to me. How can God speak to you when you have no value for his written word? Until you begin to open this and consume the word here. Don't expect God to speak to you through dreams or visions. This is the word of God. This is the voice of God. This is how God speaks. And even if he gave you a dream or gave you a vision, it will come out of this. So spend time here. To be honest with you, you don't need prophecy. This is prophecy. You don't need someone to call you by your name. And I respect that. I honor that. I praise God for the prophetic ministry. But can I be honest with you? If you spend time in this book, you don't need someone to tell you the address of your street. And I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong. Jesus did. Jesus told the woman at the well, go call your husband. The woman said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, oh yeah, you had five husbands. And the one you are living with right now is not your husband. So Jesus spoke like that. Jesus told her, read our mail. So I believe in the prophetic. I'm not against that. Philip went and called Nathaniel. And Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. The Messiah is here. Nathaniel said, where is he from? And Philip said, he's from Nazareth. Don't forget, if you do a study, you'll discover that Nazareth was an insignificant village. If a king would come, he wouldn't come from a village. So Philip questioned that. How can, how can this king, Messiah, come from Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. Nathaniel just, I believe hesitantly, came. As he got close to Jesus, did you know what Jesus said? Nathaniel, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel was shocked. How, how do you know me? He said, when you were under the fig tree, before Philip came to call you, I saw you. So I believe in the prophetic. I believe, in the, I believe prophets see. So it's okay if people can call up your address, tell you the number of your number of your credit card. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I don't. Uh, if they, if that's what. But when you stay with the word, we have a sure word of prophecy. That's what my Bible tells me. We have a sure. Everyone says sure. <laughs> this is the sure word of prophecy. This is guarantee. You take this anywhere in the world, it will work. You take this to the Sahara Desert, it will work. You take this to the Middle East, it will work. This word works. Come on now say praise God. Lord, I give you praise for your word. Spend time in this word. Read it like a thirsty man. Read it like a man who has been in the desert for, for, for a week. Has had nothing to eat and drink. Read the word like that. Before you open it, say, Holy Spirit, show me. And you will know the truth. And the truth you know shall make you free. He sent forth his word. 
and he healed them. And he delivered them from all their destruction. What delivered them? What healed them? The word. Your word is a light unto my feet. Your word is a lamp unto my path. When you have this word, you never stumble in life. The word is the navigation system. You know the navigation thing you have in your car? And you push it and tell it where you want to go. And you say, turn left, turn right. This is your navigation system for life. Your word is the map. Come on now, say amen. amen. You will never stumble when you have this word. He that hears the sayings of mine and do them is like a man who built his house upon the rock. And the troubles of life came, but the man stood still. He wouldn't move, he wouldn't shake. He that trusts in the Lord is like Mount Zion that cannot be moved, but abideth forever. Come on now, say, say praise the Lord. That's why God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what's written in it. Then, I want to say then. Amen. See now, you meditate, you do, you have success. The word will bring you success. The word will bring you success. The word will put you over. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Oh God, I pray that God put, the word of God becomes your delight. You know, people talk about Turkish delight. The word of God is my Turkish delight. Praise God. The word of God is my delight. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law. Doth he meditate day and night. Notice what he says because he meditates in the law day and night. Say so he shall be like a tree. Planted. In the desert. Some of you are sleeping. That's why you didn't respond. <laughs> he shall be like a tree planted. By the river. Tell us about the river. Bringing forth its fruit in a season. His leaves shall not wither. Notice, whatever he does shall prosper. You will prosper. Amen. You see, you shouted amen to that. that was, I was just checking you out. Honestly, I was just trying testing you. Because it's not shouting amen that makes you prosper. It's not saying, I catch it. I receive it. No, it's the meditation on the word. It's for putting, building your life on the rock. That will guarantee prosperity. Oh, I thought someone would give the Lord a big hand of praise for his word. For the word. For the word. For the word, God says, I have exalted my word above all my names. Number three, write it down. Three key to growing up spiritually, fasting. Jesus said, when you pray. Everyone said, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. So prayer is not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
when you pray. He wants you to pray. It's, is that a suggestion? Huh? No, it's not a suggestion. When you pray, it, 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 God expects every believer to pray. Notice the next thing he said. When you fast. As prayer is not a suggestion, so is fasting not a suggestion. It is, it is, a, it, <laughs> there are things that you cannot achieve except you fast. Believe it. Things, there are things that can never be done except you fast. Never be done. Jesus said to the disciples, this kind cannot go out. This kind cannot. Jesus said it. Except by prayer. You, you, he said to them, you prayed, but you haven't done the other. And fasting. Some of you are dealing with some things that are this kind. The devil has been coming to mess your life up. It's this kind. Some of you have issues in your life that's this kind. But the way to victory is to push the plate away. And until you're willing to push the plate away, you will stay where you are. A prophet can prophesy over you. All the one. Get the ten top prophets in the world. They lay hands on you and prophesy. It will never happen. Unless you fast. This kind. That one said this kind. I mean, if you know there are things in, in people's lives that's this kind. They don't move. The disciples try. Come out. Come out. The devil was laughing. When you finish, you can leave me because I'm not moving. Damaris, Damaris, that's something she didn't say today. But when she told us on Thursday, during the prayer meeting, she gave a testimony. She said with her paperwork, it actually got to the place where she began to see that only prayer would not do it. I heard it. I was sitting in the back. I heard it. She said, only prayer would not do it. I have to fast. Fasting breaks it. Ah. Fasting opens you up to the flow of God's spirit. Fasting opens you up to the supernatural. It also has some natural benefits. You will lose weight. <laughs> if you fast very long, it will clea clean up your, your colon, your intestine. You know, people talk about colon cancer. Stomach cancer. What is colon cancer? What is stomach cancer? It is caused by rotten food. Food that's been in your system for eight years. Oh, you didn't know? Did you know that there are food stored in your system for eight years? Five years? Two years ago? It's sitting there. 
in your corner, right? It's sitting there. Go study. It's sitting there. When you eat new one, it doesn't push out that. Some residue joins the others that have been sitting there. So they just keep piling up. And as they're rotten, that's when people become cancerous. You hear of colon cancer, stomach cancer, because of rotten food. So when you fast, it, clean, it cleanses you. It cleanses you. The, the, the gastric acids that, that breaks down the food, now there's no food to break down. Because now you're fasting and not eating, right? So the gastric acids begin to break down the food that's been sitting there for eight years. That the new food you kept eating would not let it break down. And it takes about an extended fast of uh, seven, eight days until all are totally flushed out. So it helps you in your health. You become healthy. Remember what the Bible says in Isaiah about fasting? It says, it says your, your basically your, 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 your health will spring up. Number four. Is this helping anybody today? <laughs> Number four. Growing up spiritually key. It's reaching the lost. Uh, uh, many people here will say amen. So winners will get excited on this one. Re reaching, I like Mickey's testimony. When the things of the world become passion, it takes the place of God's passion. And that's how to, you know, we talk about taking inventory. Every businessman Businessmen, women, lift your hand here. Good. You know what I mean by taking inventory? They say in leadership, whatever is counted or whatever is measured gets done. Every business person understands what it means to take inventory. You have to look at where you are, right? And you have to make some adjustments if the business is working or not. Correct? What is the outgo? What is the income? If the outgo is greater than the income, the business is not doing well. Correct? That's inventory. That's inventory. Jesus also talked about taking inventory. He said, if you want to build a house, you need to first sit down and count the cost. Correct? If you are able to finish. Because if you start and don't finish, your friends will laugh at you. Jesus said it. It's in the Bible. That's taking inventory. So one of the ways to take spiritual inventory of your life is when your passion for the things of the world is stronger than your passion for the things of God. Take that inventory and you will see that worldliness is way ahead. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things of this world. 
For if a man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Number five, attending church services. My microphone went dead on that one. <laughs> attending church services, everyone say regularly. Oh, yeah. I taught this in the Turkish service, and, you know, it's so simple. Five things, simple, but loaded. Oh, no, I'm not here to complicate your life. I'm not here to make this simple complicated. I'm here to make the complicated simple. Church attendance. Why? The Bible said, do not neglect the gathering together. Of yourselves. As the nature. Of some is. Oh. To some, for some it's a nature. The word natural comes from nature. So it's just a natural thing for them to do. Don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together. As the nature of some is. Especially. As the day of the Lord draws it closer. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostles. They met daily. Everyone say Daily. Yeah, we don't meet daily. We meet three times a week. <laughs> three times. Three times. Three times. <laughs> Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's what we have. I was growing up as a kid. My my dad. Every Sunday, he would give us a particular medicine. So every Sunday, we expected it. We called it Sunday, Sunday medicine. How many of you know that? How many of you were, you, you heard that? Interesting. Oh, some of you were born yesterday. Uh, <laughs> my dad, every Sunday, brings it out. God will, this is yours. Joyce, this is yours. Wilson, this is yours. He gave to each of us, Sunday, Sunday. Every Sunday, he gave us. He cared about us. But I became a Christian and I discovered that some Christians are Sunday, Sunday medicine. <laughs> they only come to church on Sunday. No other day. No matter what you say. No matter how you preach. No matter what you do. They won't come. It, they're resolute. Sunday. No other day. I pray that that will change for you. So church attendance is very important for spiritual growth. Can someone shout amen? amen. Who wants to grow up spiritually? No, who truly wants to grow? Did you write these things down? Do them. This is the, probably the only time I'll use this word in this church. Religiously. You know what I mean by religiously? Religious, religion is when a thing is done routinely. Do these religiously. Do these routinely. Just do them. God will honor you. God will honor you. You will not be a spiritual midget. 
You will not be a spiritual dwarf. When the circumstances of life come against you, it will not shake you. You will be more than a conqueror. You will be an overcomer. Nothing will move you. Nothing will take you out. Your family will be strong. Your business will be strong. Your finance will be strong. Your health will be strong. Can someone give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. So what I gave you, it's easy. I want to say five keys, five keys. to spiritual growth. Five keys. 